Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Welcome to the soothing sounds of the Babylon Pastor Podcast, where we read the scripture to you as you listen and are enlightened. For a small gift of $9.99.99.99, you can also hear the soothing sounds of Pastor Rob read the Bible to you in hick accents. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. So, 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 and when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd. I feel like Mater from Cards is reading the Bible to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. How how not to be taken seriously on your podcast 101. That's what we're doing right now, folks. I'm sorry. You thought people <laughs> took this seriously? <laughs> um, hey, guys. We do appreciate you listening. Thank you for that. Today is the second episode in October where we're covering passages that deal with uh, supernatural events. Uh, most of these actually have to do with demonic possession and uh, just the interaction around that. So today's passage is probably another passage you know about, but like we talked about last time, you read and were like, well, that's interesting. Let's move on. <laughs> Didn't really look too much into it. So, or you maybe, maybe I'll tell you what, there's probably people that have had the opposite thing where like, you know, they just, some pastor read a bunch into this. Maybe that's, that's probably likely for some people as well. But today, mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 9. It's a big chunk of scripture, and we were debating if we read it all every time. But I think this is important, uh, so you kind of get the context, the wording here, so we can pull this out uh, and look at it. Uh, what we did before we read this, before we, just so we can establish what we talked about last time. Uh, for the passage we did read, we saw that demons are real. Jesus is better. Those are the, that's the two big points you need to realize that Jesus has authority over all of these things. Um, and just as a cultural idea that you need to understand as well, like there were Jewish exorcists at the time that did uh, exorcisms as well. Um, but what we see through these passages that we look at uh, today specifically uh, is that um, Jesus has a, a lot of bit more authority. Uh, to do these sorts of things and the way he does these things uh, than anybody has ever seen before. So mm-hmm. I believe Rob's going to read it to us, not in the Mater accent this time. <laughs> not in the Mater. Yeah, we actually do want you to, um, to hear listen, yeah. the words of the scripture. All right, so uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 9, uh, and we're, I'm going to read verses 17 through 29. Uh, and this is the English standard version. It's the standard version used by all English-speaking people. That is not true. Okay, Mark 9, beginning in verse 17, says this. And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell down on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? 
and he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. All right. There's a lot there <laughs> to suffice. Yeah. To say suffice. Like there's a ton there. The first thing, and the reason I picked this one, we were talking about doing these is because um, it's something here. When, when you hear the boy's symptoms of what happens, this isn't again, like, like I brought up last time with the man uh, that was possessed by a demon that nobody could pass by because he was so, he had so much strength and he was so enraged all the time. Like this boy's symptoms aren't necessarily a thing that's uncommon. Like this, I mean, these are symptoms that could be diagnosed today. I, that could go in a couple different medical directions, I guess is the shortest way to say that. Um, but in Jesus's day, automatically they were like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is probably demon possession. And we see a lot of things happening. The first, the first, I don't know, thing that really comes to me is the last thing that we see here is when the disciples are talking about why they couldn't do it. But the last thing that Jesus says, and this kind of is the overarching reason we're doing this in October is to kind of address this thing that lots of times we don't talk about, which is the supernatural realm is that Jesus said, this kind cannot be driven out anything but prayer, which indicates um, there's more than one kind, <laughs> which is a little terrifying in general. When you think about it. Um, so it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, okay, well there, there's some indications here that um, and throughout the whole world, the whole, the word, but um, that this, in case you weren't convinced last time of the reality of the supernatural realm, Jesus alludes to the fact here that um, there's, there's, this is a real thing. This is an actual thing that's happening. Um, mm -hmm. And the disciples were equally in this whole, he's answering them here, but they're equally perplexed of why they couldn't do this, even though they had been able to do this uh, in other instances. So uh, in all fairness, in all fairness, they weren't drug out by the demon and thrown into the street naked. So they yeah. had one up on the guys from last week. Yeah, in Acts chapter 19, we read that. Um, so there's lots of things here that we want to talk about, obviously. Um, the first, I think, obviously, was what we talked about at the end. But if we start through and actually work through the scripture here, um, we can see in 16, verse 16, uh, that there's this kind of confrontation between the religious leaders and his disciples about what's going on here, uh, why they're not able to do this, why uh, all of these are, all these things are happening. Um, and then Jesus comes up verse, man, I need my glasses, guys. I'm getting old. What in the world is happening to me? We see in verse uh, 17 that we kind of get the breakdown here of, of the father talking to Jesus about what's happening. And again, if we look at these, 
uh, he tells Jesus, uh, he brought his son. He has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Again, these are symptoms. I don't have medical, you know, Dr. MD pulled up on Google here, but these aren't, I mean, these are symptoms that, I mean, if you put them up, I'm sure something would come up. Somebody can Google that and tell me, but these aren't like, you know, this isn't like a demon possessed man that's ripping his change off and, you know, chasing after people. This is, these are symptoms that somebody would have. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able to. Now, this is interesting. Does, does verse 19 strike you as like a Jesus kind of drop the mic moment or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think um, it is uh, Jesus, uh, with what you're saying there, he, this is one of those moments that kind of puts to death this idea that Jesus is just this, you know, the statue with Jesus with a big smile on his face, like giving you the thumbs up. Yeah. That's not Jesus at all. Right. Like this. <laughs> so he, he was, he had um, all authority as we talked about last week, just a little bit. And um, so he's not, he's not afraid to, to say things like they are and not in the same way that Donald Trump isn't right. He's, he's not afraid to say things like they are and he knows how they are, right? Like down to the atom. He knows truth. He knows exactly what's going on in the hearts of man. Uh, and he's talking about Jesus, not Trump. Yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We should distinguish that. Absolutely. Uh, he doesn't even know what's going on in his own heart. I don't think. Um, but uh, he replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I? It's like, it's almost like he's getting, <laughs> Jesus says, you idiots, just bring him here. You know, that moment when like you're teaching I'll somebody do it myself. something. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're teaching somebody something and you're just like, you know what? It would just be quicker and a lot less painful. <laughs> just, you know what? Go uh go to lunch it'll be done when you get back right (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely the feel yeah when i read this and i I know it's obviously this very serious but i do get this picture of my me trying to help my father-in-law fix something and he's just like no mike no that no my my, just never mind hey get out of the way i'll just there like that that's what i meant (laughs) yeah that's killing me smalls yeah sort of mood where he's like really trying (laughs) but you're just not getting it so (laughs) <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, and I think that's important because it shows, it, it shows a couple of things, uh, that one, Jesus knows, like you said, the hearts and minds of men, he knows about what's going on in the situation far deeper than everybody else knows. But it also shows, uh, just the humanity of Jesus of saying, look, okay, I'm getting real tired of this. <laughs> if, let's just, just bring him here. Uh, and then we see in verse 20, and they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately he convulsed in the boy, which is just this callback to what we read last week, where when the demons see Jesus and they recognize who he is, they know they're in trouble. Like there's not a negotiation. I think there's lots of times, like just to reference what you said about the Jesus with the thumbs up statue smiling. Like we have this really false mentality that Jesus is like our buddy or God's going to be like, ah, we, I get it. You didn't understand. Like it's this, like we've, we've lost in a sense, this all powerful understanding of God's sovereignty and the fact that he doesn't play games. Right. And if there does seem to be a game being played, it's because he's giving you a thing called grace and mercy and giving you a little bit of time to figure it out. But when the game's over, the game is over. 
Um, and we see this here that when the, when the spirit saw him, immediately he convulsed and threw the boy on the ground and rolled him around, foaming at the mouth. Um, so uh, again, I think we need to understand in all of these instances when the, the demons know what's up, even in the reference that you talked about when we talked about last uh, podcast, Acts 19, like when the, the Jewish exorcists come up, the demons are not scared of them because they're not, they don't know Jesus. They don't have the power of Jesus and uh, the demons are going to listen to them. But when Jesus shows up and we'll see this next time, this uh, next episode we'll look at um, where it's actually referring to Paul, but when, when, when the power of God is present in the sense that we'll look at here, like the demons know and they are fearful and they are scared because they know, unfortunately, God a lot better than many of us do in the sense of his mm. all powerful, yeah. his sovereignty, his ability to do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Um, so that, I mean, that, that, that verse alone, I think is really, um, is really powerful. So, do you think there's any correlation? Um, this is off topic, but not off topic. But you, when when um, do you think there's any correlation with uh, belief in that? Like we don't see this kind of stuff happen uh, all a ton in our specifically in our context in our nation. Um, because there's a lack of belief in it and so this is kind of so i get so this is the the picture right demons um are very obviously here to torment to steer you away to wh whatever they can do right to to keep you from growing in christ claiming the name of christ getting to know christ whatever um and if if we don't believe in the supernatural or we don't have any sort of concept that's real within us of this idea that we're warring again, like this is actually spiritual warfare, um, they, they don't really have to do as much as far as like showing themselves in this manner mm -hmm. that we're reading about. Is that is that a thing you think? Um, so where I'm at currently, where I've landed is that and we'll I, I'll we'll bring this up probably again, but I'm not, I'm not real convinced, for example, that um, like, so for example, that somebody could exercise a demon out of someone now. Okay. Uh, I think that's a lot connected to what we see in the apostles. Uh, all of these interactions that we see demon being, I mean, it's Jesus obviously, but we'll also see them in the apostles. But after that, we don't see a lot of that in scripture. Um, now that doesn't mean people aren't still as spiritual warfare. Obviously we are. I'm not even saying that people aren't in some regards demon possessed. I think a lot of that comes out though, again, by recognizing and praying over these people and understanding like, you know, Jesus is in control of the situation. God is supreme. He's the one that does this stuff. I think the more now to, to get more direct into your question, I think the more you press in to the things of God, the more spiritual warfare you're going to have. And the more prayer is going to be required uh, in the sense of to be able to survive those things. So if, what I mean, just as a practical example, and you may have experienced this, you can share it or not if you like, but I know lots of guys that have had nine to five jobs go full time into the pastorate. And they say when that decision was made to do that, they felt automatically just so much more spiritual warfare in their families, in their life, in their heads. Like as soon as they said they were going to pursue that, there was just an extra weight there that wasn't there before. 
Um, same thing for people that not everybody, but I have had people that have, especially for example, in our prison ministry, where people will devote themselves to Christ, they'll follow after, they'll hear the gospel, they'll receive it, and then automatically the things that they struggled with before are 10 times worse than they were before um, now that they're following Christ. So in that regard, I think like to answer why it's not so powerful, I think the more, the less serious you take the gospel, there's no need for Satan to push back on you at all, for example, in any regard, in temptation or anything. Um, but the more serious you take the gospel in regards, for example, to some of our, our friends in, you know, that are in prison or got saved through prison ministry is that as soon as they were in that dark life of, I mean, in some regards, deep addiction. And some of them, I mean, would claim like, you know, there was, I saw things when I was on these drugs that I can't explain like that sort of like connection to to deep spiritual warfare. Um, when they pursue Christ, there is a lot of heaviness there. I would say yes. I mean, if that makes a long answer there, but I think the the closer you push into the things of the Lord, the the more of that weight you're going to feel um, because of, I mean, of your story, of, of your testimony of what God done in your life or the potential of, you know, what you can do, especially, for example, as a pastor in proclaiming the gospel to a lot of people, there's going to be that weight there. Um, now in the form of demon possession, I, I'd say not. Um, but, um, I think in a lot of that weight and the stuff that comes at you, um, definitely, if that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I actually, um, <clears throat> one of the reasons I bring that up is that the last verse in this, um, which you, you brought up in the beginning that he told him this kind is only going to come out through prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a, a story that Piper tells. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah, I don't think so. Where he was part of this kind of thing happening. Not obviously not the same exact thing, but, but you um, search it and, and watch the, or listen to the, I think it's on desiring God, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually a pretty cool story. Um, I, I don't, I'm like you, I don't see this being a really normative thing here. Um, but I do think, um, that what you'll find in, uh, some more third world type countries is that there's a lot, this is a lot more prevalent. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have my own, honestly, I don't have my own uh, complete thoughts on all of this. I'm like you in that sense. Like there, there are things that I, you know, I don't have a concrete walls built around what I believe about all of this. Um, but uh, I think the, the certain, certainly the days of um, uh, c- certainly the days of people um let's see where is it at no it must have been the last one we looked at but the the this idea that like people ran up and touched a garment of an apostle and they were healed and that i mean you know like that kind of the shadow of peter or whatever you know yeah like that kind of stuff is clearly not a thing um it, it seems to me that it's not um it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you can't derive that from scripture that that's a, but, um, but yeah, like, I think, I think that demon possession, um, 
it seems to me that there's no clear biblical reason to say that that doesn't happen today. Yeah. The argument is more typically, can it happen to Christians? That's an argument that people have back and forth. And, um, but this, this is, uh, I don't know why that came to my mind, but I just wanted to address well, it. And, and to end, I mean, to kind of just my final thoughts on that specific point before we get back to the text, I think that mm-hmm. I put this in the same category as I would like speaking in tongues, for example, um, that the Lord can use whatever he wants to use in order to interact yep. with, with people. So um, is it going to be incredibly necessary for that to occur where I'm at in the United States? Yeah, probably not. Like there's, a, there's much better ways that he's going to be able to show himself than that. Um, but I think, uh, like you said, there have been people that I've known, well, that I've not known personally, but I have heard their testimonies or read their testimonies where they do go to countries that have people that actively worship um, like, you know, idols or other gods or um, mm-hmm. do as a practice in their religion, encourage like a possession of kinds. And in their missionary work in those places, they have experienced things similar to this. Um, mm-hmm. As far as, again, what I've read and what I've seen on online. Um, so am I saying it doesn't ever happen? I'm not saying it doesn't ever. I'm just saying that like I would equate speaking in tongues, that God can use that in order to bring a people to himself that is far from him. Okay. Um, so I'm not closing it out of the picture. I just think it's one of those things where uh, it's in my category of God will use whatever he wants to use to reach whoever yep. he wants to reach. Um, and in those, because in those instances, for example, uh, and in those places in the world, that is what those people are used to happening. And God, in many cases, I mean, so for example, if you want to go all the way back to, uh, you know, Moses, uh, you know, the, the Pharaoh's sorcerers were able to do, I mean, they could turn their things into serpents too. So it's not like, yeah. again, it was, it was God using the things that they understood in order to show his power, how he was a better God than any God they could come up with. Um, so I think it, it plays for me into that kind of category. Agreed. Um, all right. So then going back to the scripture here, verse 21 is kind of where we, we landed there where, so, uh, the boy has fallen on the ground because the spirit saw Jesus, uh, and God, I'm sorry, Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening? And he said from childhood, um, and it has often cast him into fire and into the water and destroyed him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us, um, which I think really shows his heart. Like the father, here's the thing, like it's hard to understand, especially in these, in these narratives, how much these people know about Jesus. Like, have they heard about him healing people? Have they heard him teaching? Obviously there's some, this dude knows that Jesus can do some stuff. He's just not sure what stuff he can do. Like, uh, but he's obviously interacted with the disciples up to this point. Um, and they ain't been able to do nothing. So I guess uh, maybe that's where it's coming from. If you can do anything then, because your disciples can't, I'd have ask you to do it. Um, yeah, I think, I wonder if, you know, this, this is, um, you know, whenever um, I'm, and I'm, I know you're the same way, but whenever, whenever we are studying something in scripture, specifically when we have, when I have to stand up and mm-hmm. preach um, a, a text, it, it, part of my job is to actually put myself in that situation a little bit. 
and based on the context and all that's going on. And I think sometimes we, we can read through this and, and hear him say, um, you know, Hey, how long has this been happening to him uh, from childhood? And many times it's thrown him into fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I think we can jump right to uh, this guy was intentionally unbelieving or just totally wasn't sure about Jesus. And, and I kind of think, uh, obviously that's, that's probably true, but, um, but the flavor of what was going on here is that the, you've got a dad who is beyond desperate. Yeah. Right. This is, I put myself in that. Like if, if my son was uh, right now in the moment, he's convulsing and foaming at the mouth on the floor because the demon is in him. I mean, this guy is distraught coming to Jesus very and, good call out. and that, you know, if, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He's, I mean, picture him saying this probably shaking with adrenaline and doesn't know what is going yeah. on and just and, wants a little and, relief anything right yeah anything you can do please and and so jesus then uh, obviously clarifies in the next in the next uh, his next response and says if you can <laughs> and it kind of corrects him there and and uh you know everything is possible for the one who believes and um, well, it's funny because you know, that plays back on, on what there. we've already seen at the beginning where he's like, he's already said that, okay, get out of the way. I'll take care of it. Like, I'll, yeah, like yeah. he knows. So, he, I mean, really narratively, when you're reading this, Jesus is still in that space of, of, I've, I'm going to take care of it. I was just, I was just asking you a question. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which shows the contrast, right? Uh, a little bit, I think. Um, hopefully I'm not reading too much into this, but I think what it shows is Jesus's understanding of who he is and what he can do and that he's master over all things versus the humanity of us thinking, Hey, like if there's any, like, I mean, if, if just the littlest thing, if you do the littlest thing and he's like, <laughs> yeah, but I kind of made all of this. So it's not a, if I yeah. can question, like it's a, I'm going to be able to do this if I want to question or statement really. It's not even a, st- it's a question. Um, yeah. So I think that I just, that's what comes out a little bit, but then immediately verse 24, immediately the, uh, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe help my unbelief. I know this has nothing to do with supernatural or this podcast, you know, series we're doing this month, but that verse is, I think something we can all relate to in the sense that going back to my last point, Jesus says, I know I can do this. We're going, if you could do anything and he goes, I can. And then, I mean, our humanity cries out, I believe you, but help the part of me that doesn't believe you. Yeah. Um, which, uh, that there's your life first for your, your mug <laughs> or your bumper sticker <laughs> or your yeah. whatever. And that's, that's so true. And I think honestly, his, his reaction and his answer there, I do believe help my unbelief, you know, yeah. it kind of speaks to what I was talking about before. Like here, yeah. he, you know what, like, that's great. I, I get if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. So I believe you. I believe just please help my unbelief because there's a part of him for sure that is still if, right? And there's well, and a part it comes of him back that, to, I mean, he's like, seen this know. his whole life. He's, I mean, yeah, his right. son's always yeah. done this. So I, I mean, I get yeah. it. I've heard of you. I understand what you're saying, but his whole life he's done this. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then this is an interesting verse as well. Uh, verse 25. And when Jesus saw the crowd running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, uh, you meet mute and deaf spirit. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. So there's two things there that I find really interesting. One, I, I, the thing, I don't think anything's accidentally in some of the gospels. Like that's just not, I don't believe that way. <laughs> right. So there are certain words that are there for certain reasons. And the statement, Jesus saw the crowd running together, isn't something that helps the story along, but it's very interesting that Mark includes it, that this is an observation that Jesus made. He's there with this boy. This boy is on the ground convulsing and he calls the, the, he sees a crowd coming, but they're running up. But before they get there, he just casts the demon out, which in all the other gospels, we see uh, that Jesus doesn't do anything for show. In fact, there's lots of times where he says, hey, I'm not going to give you a sign because an evil generation demands signs. So all these people are running up. He sees them coming and he doesn't wait for them to get there so he can put on some big magic show, this big, amazing thing that mm-hmm. maybe more people would believe who he was. He, before they get there, he casts the demon out uh, of the unclean. And then he says something super interesting and well at the very end. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Um, which I know there's other places in scripture too. We see, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it goes, you know, when it's another, when Jesus talks about it, he says, you know, when a, a demon is cast out, he wanders around in waterless places. And then he comes back and finds the house clean and sweep. And then he brings all his friends in. So there's this yeah. idea that we see here when we're talking about this, this reality of a supernatural realm that, um, there's this reality apparently of, you know, being able, if, if a demon is cast out of someone, that demon possibly coming back again, uh, which I think probably plays into that conversation you said happens earlier between Christians about can a Christian be possessed or not. Yeah. Um, so, uh, though I think we have some pretty good evidence. I mean, not that we're in this debate, but I'm going to go, no, but that's, yeah, me too. Uh, but th- those are two interesting things here. I see in, in this thing that Jesus doesn't wait for the crowd. He's not there for the show, but he also commands the demon, you're not coming back into, into this boy ever again. So, Yeah, and he answers the guy's prayer. Mm. Yeah. I mean, tell me that's not helping his unbelief, Yeah, <laughs> right? As this guy calls out, help my unbelief, uh, in his desperation in that moment, Jesus then proceeds to help his unbelief, right? Yeah. And turn it, I, what I'm sure, turn it directly into belief mm-hmm. <laughs> in that moment. So, well, yeah, not only have you always seen him do this, you will never see him do this again. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. Pretty cool. That's good call out, man. You got some good call out. Um, all right. Then we go, verse 26. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. Uh, what I love, <laughs> though Jesus doesn't ever intentionally put on a show, there are some things here that just scream, Hey, by the way, I'm divine. <laughs> and this is one of them. <laughs> like, it's not. So the next verse, verse 27 after this is, but Jesus took his hand and lifted him up and he arose. And, and when he had entered the house, oh, I'm sorry. So he arose. So there's this idea that like, so the boy's laying there, the demons come out, the kid, apparently he lays there long enough that people are like, ah, oh, he done, he done did kill him. Like, apparently that's, they, there was long enough time in between that happening 
and Jesus grabbing his hand and everybody's like, oh, he's dead. Um, and I don't know if this is like a Jesus signature move or not, but we see this a lot in the gospels <laughs> where there'll be, there'll be somebody there dead or uh-huh. in this case, a demon cast out. And Jesus is just like, yeah, just give me a minute though. And like, he'll, then he'll mm-hmm. touch them or he'll, he'll like raise it. He'll say something like there's always this interactive point where everybody's like giving up hope. There's no way this worked. And Jesus is like, but just a second. And then he mm-hmm. does something. And, and then also oddly enough, not necessarily in this passage, but in other passages, he's like, yeah, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, how do you obey that command of Jesus in the moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of have to tell people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is um I I'm like you at this this moment where uh the boy well, so Jesus, you know, commands the spirit come out of him, never enter him again. Um then it came out, so it's worth noting that again you see a demon obeying immediately the words of jesus christ right um and so then it came out shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions and uh so the boy was like a corpse right he's like a dead person um and i don't know have you ever seen someone have a seizure uh yes i have once it was horrifying uh no twice twice Okay. And then, right. The only time that I've ever actually seen that happen is with our youngest son. It happened once. And, um, and when he was sort of beginning to come around, um, as the ambulance was getting there and everything uh, he was sort of uh, coming around and his face was kind of still blue and he was out, you know, and so I can kind of picture uh, this a little, obviously not to this degree, because this scripture is talking about convulsing and foaming at the mouth and the whole um that i've i haven't personally seen uh but though i know they exist i haven't seen seizures and things like this at that level um but i can imagine given that they they didn't really have much in the way of medical expertise at this point in history right and um, you can imagine the that youngster laying there and um and being like a corpse just like they um just like it says um and and uh, you, that little pause that you're talking about, it isn't, I didn't actually think about that when I was going through it, but it is, it is interesting because Jesus, it, so it's, it's almost like, you know, when he died on the cross, there was also a pause, right? He didn't just uh, wake up an hour later and rise from the dead. Um, but there was this, um, there was this uh, intention that people know beyond doubt like that this that he was dead before he came back to life and um and i think this this kind of does the same thing whether the boy was a corpse or not Mm -hmm. it doesn't actually say one way or the other you could you could you could say the boy died and still not actually be wrong by scripture Mm -hmm. right because it says he's like a corpse everyone um saying that he's dead um, so, I mean, he could have died, I guess, but yeah. it doesn't say explicit. It seems to me that it's, it's saying that he probably didn't die. Yeah. Um, but that he was like a corpse. So, uh, but there's, there's the sense that Jesus didn't just, uh, cast the demon out, run over to him and pick him up and say, Hey, how's it? You okay? Whatever. Right. Um, but there's a sense that Jesus knew 
like we talked about in the past episode and like I'm sure we'll continue to talk about in coming episodes, Jesus knew. Jesus knew who was in command in that moment, in command over the demons uh, themselves, in command over that boy's life or death, in command over the entire situation from bottom to top. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's what you see in, the, in his actions. And yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing to connect that statement to when we were talking about, for example, um, demon possession now or, you know, in other countries or things like that, mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand, especially when we're talking about this, like the reality of, I mean, so you pointed out the dad, like the dad, he does not know what to do. Like he's legitimately concerned. And I think we have to point that reality out. There is a part of our humanity that is terrified of the unknown, not knowing what's happening, not knowing how to fix it. Uh, But there is this, and this is why, I mean, part of why Christianity um, is what it is. There is this hope in Jesus, this belief, this faith in Jesus that does go beyond this, this, this understanding of what we've always known. So in the case of the father, for example, I think this is part of the reason he says, like you said, uh, you know, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. There's this understanding that, um, you know, these things are real. These things are terrible and in some cases terrifying. Um, so when we say that, you know, Jesus is over all of these things, has authority over these things, it's not just some flippant statement of like, oh yeah, he's got it. It means like in these moments of actual like horrifying things occurring, that he has it. And that's the point where I think that's the difference between saying we're a Christian or understanding Christian doctrine versus actually, actually believing and being captivated by Jesus himself is that in those moments, you address the situation differently. So, and one of the two cases of people having seizures that I know of. Um, so one of them was my wife when she had our first daughter, when she had our daughter, our first kid. Uh, that's how they decided that, <laughs> uh, that's how they decided our daughter needed to be brought in the world. We can't have that keep happening. Uh, but the second thing, and this happened a few years before that, uh, we were sitting in church on a Sunday night and this guy, uh, he, he took medicine for epileptic seizures and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. we're in the middle of the service and he just, it was, it was terrifying. I had never seen anybody up to that point have a seizure and his whole body just contorted. I'm sitting in the back on the soundboard and his whole body contorts around. His face is just so like disfigured. Uh, and he starts like seizing and then he just stops. Now, you know, his, his girlfriend that was with him, she knew what was going on. She knew the situation. So somebody obviously called the ambulance and called the paramedics. But, uh, the difference is that everybody in the church pastor stops the sermon. Everybody comes around and prays for the guy. Now, again, I'm not claiming this is demon's possession. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you react differently to situations that you don't understand uh, in the sense that, um, like in this moment, like there's terrifying things that are happening that we don't know why they're happening, but we react differently when we have faith in Christ. So it's not like, you know, again, I note that somebody did call the ambulance and we did get him medical help. But the idea was before that, we know somebody that can take care of this far better than the paramedics. Um, and he had, he, I mean, he has no reaction, uh, adverse reactions to that to this day. Um, and I think a lot of that, I'll just say it. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, the prayer, 
he's had this happen lots of times. And every time it's happened, either his girlfriend that's there, a family member is there, prays over him while they're waiting for the ambulance. And there's lots of people that have the same condition he does that have adverse effects of this, uh, that have long lasting implications of what's happening. But, and I think that's the difference between uh, the world and Christianity, where we say, look, I, we can't understand this. We don't know how this happens, but we believe in somebody that, again, as this scripture and the scripture we looked at before, is over all of this mm-hmm. um, yeah. and can, can handle this in ways that we, we can't handle this. Um, and I think that kind of comes back to this text in a bit, in a little bit. Again, we're dealing with demon possession versus you know, seizures, but I think there's a connection there in the sense that we say, look, we know the one that made everything and can fix everything. And that's who we're going to go to first. Uh, so I think that's the, uh, one of the bigger things that comes out of uh, what, I, what I'm reading here, especially with the, the callback to Jesus' authority all, over all this and the reality that there are things that we don't understand mm-hmm. and that we can't control and uh, that are yeah. terrifying at times. Yeah, that's, a, that's important. And um, in general, when you read scripture, I, th- there's danger in reading scripture like like a secularist would look at the world or read scripture in the sense that like it, you have to be able to explain everything that happens mm-hmm. and know why and how um, to, to validate that it's happening or that it's real, right? And um, the the acknowledgement that there are things that go on in this world and in the spiritual realm, right? That that you and I just can't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the explanation. I know it's a thing, uh, but this is big. This is bigger yeah. than my understanding, you know. And I think um, it's also worth noting that if a Christian, um, whether it's in Africa or Virginia doesn't matter if 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 you are in a situation where uh, you suspect that this might be possession of some whatever you know mm-hmm. then we have kind of a pathway right here um prayer prayer yeah <laughs> right that because because there's no power uh you uh, in and of you yourself or me that that just has this power to cast out demons anytime in history and the scriptures that that's been done by anyone other than Jesus. It is simply by the power of the Holy spirit in the name of Jesus that you see that kind of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. So it gives us, I think a bit of a roadmap and it's a short one, but um, prayer. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it, it does tell us that that, that's the way that it's done. It's not as easy as, um, you know, in the name of Jesus come out of him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, necessarily. So, um, and actually the, the video I alluded to or the podcast, whatever it was where Piper talks about his, um, uh, experience, uh, is it's really, it, it's this, Right. It's, it's that it, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. And they were in this situation, him and another guy who was more experienced than he was. And they prayed and they sang Psalms and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the, I don't remember the whole story off the top of my head, but um, it was something like this. And all of a sudden at some certain point, 
it was over and she was like what happened <laughs> you know mm -hmm. it was it was re it's a really cool story um but he would also say as i would say that like this also isn't like a normative you know like you're not walking to walmart uh and uh doing this on a daily basis it's just that's not realistic that's not what scripture indicates either so yeah yeah there weren't a uh there were a lot more lame uh people than there were uh possessed people <laughs> in the gospels True. that we see yeah awesome all right so uh just to summarize real quick here before we end the episode i think well we're gonna see this pattern uh well for at least the next episode as well where what we see is that demonic powers are real supernatural things that occur are obviously, I mean, you can ignore them if you want, but they're, they're a reality in some yeah. degree or another, uh, in, in, in your life and how, you know, you, what you're going to experience. But regardless of how, uh, that appears, you have to remember and understand that God is over those things in all of those situations. And like the man, I think this, again, I think the, just his, what he says is really beautiful and sincere in those situations. You can say, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief in this uh, because yeah. oftentimes uh, that's where we're at. But Jesus uh, <laughs> will probably answer the same way. I can do it. I can do it. So uh, yeah. understanding that. So that would be my summation. You got anything to end us with before we tell all the people bye-bye? Uh, before we tell all the people bye-bye. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been talking to my toddler. This it, it is. No, it's fine. You know what? I did veggie tales uh, last week. So uh, it's, it's seriously, it's okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I think if I had one thing to leave with, um, it, it, it's certainly within the context is um, about this dad and the, the demon possessed son. Um, but in general, it is, it is a daily, it should be a daily sentiment um, for the Christian <laughs> who runs into any sort of obstacle. And I believe, but help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love, that is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, because to me, it encompasses literally everything about me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There's a yeah. huge part of me and any believer doesn't matter how famous or how they look on Facebook. Any believer uh, has that about them. There's this this sense that you you do believe. I do believe in the supernatural. I do believe in in all of this stuff. But at the very same time, there's this piece of you that that Satan utilizes to come after you. That um, you need God to actually help you believe mm -hmm. that um, continue to believe. So. Yeah, Good I don't know. Oh, that's perfect. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, subscribing, sending all those comments about our lovely voices. No, that doesn't happen. I just kind of fibbed you a little bit. So if you want to send no. those, don't send those. Because those it happens all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they must go to your mailbox and not mine, thankfully. Yeah, nothing <laughs> from this podcast goes to my mailbox. It's one of the things that makes it easy to do. <laughs> You're, you're the one with the broom and the mop that has to clean up the messes I create. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had to clean up much, many messes because uh, I agree with all the messes you make. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right, guys. 
with that being said, you can always DM us if you want to or comment on any of the videos when I remember to put them on the Instagram channel. Uh, but thank you for watching, subscribing, and listening. We'll talk to you later.